you're listening to Your Leader in Red, and I'm your host, Natalie Hansford. I'm here to teach you what it takes to succeed in this crazy world and show you you do not need to wait to live your dream life. Each week, I'll be giving you tips and takeaways on how to make your dream reality come to life. This is the moment you stop waiting for opportunities to fall in your lap and you reach for them yourself. Are you ready? You don't need to have everything figured out to be successful. Everyone can do good when things are good, but not everyone can do good things when things get tough. You do not need years of experience to build the future that you want for yourself. Imagine someone else's opinion stopping you from living your dream life. Let's get this party started. Hello, welcome back. This episode, I have a special guest with me. I can't wait to dive into it. I don't want to do too long of an introduction or any of that jazz. I want to get right into it because this this episode is probably one of the longer ones that I have on my channel, but I wanted to just give an introduction to the guest. His name is Jesse Nicholson. He is a dear friend. I've known him for like 15 plus years and I can't wait for him to share all the tips on goal setting, resolutions, how to start January on a good foot. We go into the beginning about a lot of the common conversations that you have around the month of January, what to expect when you're going into the new year, a lot of the misconceptions when it comes to starting resolutions, and then we end the podcast with a lot of tangibles, a lot of juicy details on how you can actually get started on goal setting after listening to this podcast episode. So without further ado, I'm gonna go right into it and hear from our guests, so let's get started. So first things first is actually, you're my first ever male. Um, That's exciting. <laughs> on the podcast, so welcome. I did see that on your story. <laughs> I'm actually super excited to have you on. Um, I was, I'm actually pretty particular with who I have on the podcast. And then also you being my first male on the podcast, I think it will be super exciting, but we're going to be chatting about all the goals and resolutions and going into the new year and all of our thoughts on that. But before we get into the juiciness of it, why don't you just share with the audience a little bit about yourself, your background, where you come from, whatever details you would like to share with them. Um, and then we'll get right into it. Sure. Sounds good. Um, first of all, obviously, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on, excited to be the first you know, male guest. Um, my name's Jesse. I'm 28. And I guess I'll walk it back to school. Um, I yeah. went to Canador College in North Bay um, for business and I dropped out after a semester, um, but stayed up there and didn't tell my parents I was dropping out. So <laughs> um, stayed up there and hung out to enjoy my time. Um, obviously, you know, wasn't mature enough for, and didn't have the goal setting mindset that I do now. Um, and then, you know, I came back to my hometown, went to university here for commerce, um, finished that by the age of 25. So a bit of an unconventional path, you know, I took my time and learned some lessons along the way. And then I started a few months later working at a company where I thought, you know, it's an entry level position. I might do it for a year or so. 
um, and then kind of reevaluate my options after a year. But, um, you know, the company's been growing pretty rapidly and I was able to, you know, build my rapport and, and make a name for myself there. And um, I was rewarded for my hard work with um, two promotions in under two years. Um, we like to see it. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> just hard work and, and that kind of stuff is what got me there, you know, communication skills and all that. But yeah. um, goal setting is something that I really only took on recently um, because I'm in a manager role. So I'm responsible for, you know, setting goals for myself, goals for my team as a whole, and and also goals for each person um, in terms of coaching them as an individual. So yeah, just uh, like a different perspective. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because like, obviously you and I have known each other for like so many years. So it's so funny to go from like being little shitheads in like mm -hmm. elementary school and high school, and then kind of coming together and doing a goals <laughs> podcast episode. Right. But honestly, like I, it's, oh, I'm in my mom's basement. I'm not going to edit this out, but you're going to hear noises throughout the entire <laughs> podcast episode. Cause normally I'm in a room. I'm like isolated, but I'm at my mom's. So like listeners, if you hear shit, just mind your business, but yeah, it's, it's the goals to me. And I think you can relate is that, when you're in high school, you don't really know what to do and you don't really learn anything about goal setting, which no. like actually figuring out what the fuck you want to do with your life is the most challenging thing. And when you're going from being in a classic high school or even school setting in general, I think you and I kind of have like similarities on like mindset with school in particular, but when you're setting goals, you have no fucking idea what to do. And it's kind of trial and error for your first couple of years until you kind of figure out your groove, you figure out, figure out your way of life and you figure out your passions. And then that's kind of where I saw myself having more goal setting or just experience in general with knowing what the fuck to do. And I think you can probably relate to that with exactly what you're saying with your manager role. Yeah. And it's funny that you kind of did a little bit of a callback to, you know, us being shitheads. Um, obviously <laughs> yeah. we kind of had some, some wild times and some wild experiences and um, those were growing experiences and lessons for sure. But um, I always felt like when I got this job and started being responsible for other people and their career development and their growth, um, I always, uh, even to this day, I have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like yeah. I'm in my grandparents' basement and I'm like, responsible for people who have mortgages and kids and really important stuff yeah there. um they look to me for for answers at work and and help with their goal setting and their growth and their development and I'm like what the hell could I possibly tell you because I'm in a lot of ways you know still developing and growing myself um but and the age difference too right yeah all oh, the age said it uh age difference is big um you know, that's something that I've kind of been able to overcome with, you know, tactful communication and um, just proving my technical skill and handling myself in a way that, you know, they find motivating and, and endearing, hopefully anyway. I mean, you don't know what people say about you behind closed doors, but um, I think we're doing pretty good with my new team and, and things are going well. But goal setting really didn't become a thing in my life until um 2020 2021 2022 when I took this job and and when they kind of propelled me into leadership roles yeah I love it 
Um, okay, let's get right into the questions. I have a couple here for you, but the first ones is just a super broad question, but I think a lot of people really need to hear this right now because as we all know, there's like no denying it that the world is an absolute and utter chaos. So goal setting is not really on people's minds right now. They're, they're in survival mode. But with that being said, you can't really put your life on hold right now. Like this is the time to propel yourself and the people that are sitting back and waiting for this to Mm -hmm. end are the people that are going to fall behind in life in general. That's just, that's just the honest reality. So I think a lot of people really do need to hear this podcast episode, but back to my question, um, which is how do you actually feel going into 2022 specifically towards like the idea of having to set goals for 2022, knowing how 2021 went? Right. So I think, you know, throughout the entire pandemic, we've all probably been feeling much the same way, probably a lot of stress and and being overwhelmed and, you know, being really unsure and uncertain about our futures. But that doesn't mean that you can't plan and goal set. And I think that's part of something that I really capitalized on was I remember having a conversation with my grandparents when we all got sent home in 2020, where I was like, you know what, this might be a chance for me to set myself apart from other people. Um, yeah. Even though we're all kind of converting from the office and, and working from home, I need to keep myself motivated and accountable in any way possible. Um, and that's an opportunity to distinguish myself and, and separate from the pack. Right. Yeah. Um, now to answer your question specifically going into 2022, I don't feel how I thought I felt, which is a really weird thing um, because I remember towards the end of 2021, not necessarily December, but a little before that, I was definitely feeling pretty burnt out and pretty thin. But then um, when the new year approached, I actually took the time to reflect on the year. And I was like, you know what, I kind of just snapped out of it. I was like, you know, what? I don't feel burnt out. Um, I just kind of took the time to recap all the things that I had accomplished and what I was grateful for. And I was like, you know what, through this pandemic, you got promoted twice and, and, you know, all the benefits and challenges and growth opportunities that come with that. Um, and then I also overcame, you know, my, probably my biggest fear in 2021, um, which is public speaking. I really hated speaking in front of people. And with my new job, I've had to speak in front of my team yeah. uh, and in front of other managers and executives and stuff. But I also emceed my best friend's wedding, which was like, the biggest deal because it was a 12 year relationship finally coming to, you know, marriage. And I was like, this is the biggest thing in their life that I'm going to be a part of. And I can't mess this up. Yeah. Um, so I just look at things like that. And and when I took the time to reflect and, and express gratitude and, and that kind of thing, I really stopped feeling burnt out and it was really gratifying and motivating. And that's when I was like, all right, what can we do in 2022? Let's set some goals. Yeah. Let's fucking kill it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can totally relate to that. In my last episode, I actually strictly talked about my burnout at near the end of 2021. So I think a lot of people feel the same way and I can relate specifically to literally everything you just said. That was the only way I was able to reset at the end of 2021. I felt so spread thin. I felt, I felt burnt out. I felt like the holidays maybe weren't going to be the same. Like the holidays are, I love the holidays and maybe that's Mm -hmm. why I felt so burnt out, but I was, I couldn't even think my mind couldn't even actually like I couldn't watch TV. Like I was actually just, I felt brain dead. That's how burnt out I felt, but exactly what you're saying. Like I, I took the time to rest. 
what a lot of people don't do when they feel burnt out is they try and push through it. Like if you're not motivated, no one's ever motivated, which is totally true. But like when you're burnt out, there is a difference between like pushing yourself to be more motivated and like resetting. And mm-hmm. the only times you can actually get at a burnout to a point where you're not going to hit burnout again in a couple of weeks is literally just sit in it, like take the time to actually chill the fuck out or else it's going to continuously happen every single week or every single month. Or when something stressful happens, you're immediately going to go back into burnout. So I like literally came into my feels. I took a lot of steps back and a lot of things that I was allowed to take a lot of steps back in like again, gratitude, thinking about all the things that I've accomplished, like exactly what you were saying, I can hundred percent relate to. And then that's how I was able to feel so good going into 2022. Um, and I, I'm sure a lot of people are either on the exact same page or they're still in burnout. They're still in a funk. They're in panic mode because a lot of people are making goals or hitting goals. And they're like, how the fuck am I supposed to hit a goal when I'm literally out of a job or I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know what I want to do with my life or in my career. They're, they're looking at everyone else in the entire world, changing career paths. Cause I think one, the biggest thing that happened during the pandemic is millions of people changed their career paths a, because they were forced to, or B because they were so sick and tired. And this was the breaking point of them making that decision. So a lot of heavy thoughts going on. So I think, um, during this podcast episode, when we actually get into like tangibles and like strategies that you and I specifically use, it's going to come into handy with people that are feeling exactly the same way. For sure. And and I just remember thinking like I I was able to, when I actually took the time to separate myself from it and, and take a step back and look at things as a whole, I realized I was more burnt out with the pandemic itself. I was burnt out with yeah. you know, the news cycle and ta- everyone always just wants to talk about COVID and what's your opinion on COVID yeah. and vaccines and this politician, that politician. Um, I was burnt out with always having to remember to wear a mask and always having to sanitize my hands and just all the little things that have been added that just kind of create this pressure cooker environment on top of all of us trying to work, get ahead, save money, get fit, whatever your goal is. Um, we just had these anchors that felt like they were weighing us down and, and getting in the way and these obstacles. And I realized that that was what I was burnt out with, not yeah. my, you know, physical fitness and career development and that kind of thing, which are the things that most of my goals are centered around. And as you say that, this is not a question, but I'm going to add to it is like, don't you feel being in like your mid to late twenties, you almost being deprived of your, the best years of your life mm-hmm. or what are supposed to be the best years of your life. They're like what they say is in your mid twenties, you figure out life, you, you have experiences, you meet a lot of people here. We are sitting at home, (laughs) like doing nothing. So I think a lot of people that maybe are in that same age group, like remember what you can still do with all this time at home. I specifically grilled down my career because really what else are we to do? Um, and I am so grateful. I decided to go down that route because here I am now being able to do the things that I maybe wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. So yeah, just being grateful for those moments. I, I remember last summer when we kind of started to loosen up the restrictions a little bit, like summer 2021, 
I remember standing downtown with a friend of mine and, and I looked at him and it was a beautiful sunny day. We were getting coffee at like the little Italian place downtown Aurelia. Yeah. And I looked at him and I was like, guys, like, does it not feel like we just woke up from losing the last year of our life? And I was so naive thinking that like things were it just done. going yeah. that way and get better <laughs> yeah. and be done because we're right back here. But I think, you know, we need to approach this like what if this thing never goes away? And, and if, it, yeah. if this pandemic never did go away, what, how am I still going to be productive, successful, um, and ultimately happy, right? Because it's easy to yeah. get that lull and, and be depressed when you're isolated and um, often alone and not having, you know, the opportunities to go out and socialize and have fun. So um, for me, it was just kind of about finding different ways to keep positive. And I think Mm-hmm. In, in doing that you know time alone I really had a lot of time to reflect and, and learn more about myself and um, kind of to go into your first question um, how do you feel going into 2022 I for probably the first time in my life feel like I have a lot more sense of direction clarity and purpose now because yeah. of the things that I put in place throughout those you know first two pandemic years 2020 2021 yeah it gave you time to literally look within like absolutely and if if you know me you know you know for a while I was a bit of a lost puppy didn't have that direction and you know when I really invested myself in this job and and in the you know greater ecosystem that this job has given me um it really did kind of solidify some sense of direction sense of purpose and now I have a little bit of clarity and and stability um I think when you're in a chaotic time like this the stability is, is really important to find it wherever you can. Yeah. I love it. So going into my second question, this one's just like, it could be a trigger for some people listening. <laughs> what are fun. your thoughts on the whole saying new year, new me, new year, new bitch. <laughs> so it's funny. I'm conflicted. Like I would never want to put anyone down. Um, yeah, I know. But I think, you know, it's probably the general consensus or sentiment that I see on social media and in most of my circles is that the saying itself is pretty cliche or flawed. Um, It gets memed on a lot, right? (laughs) Yeah, of course. And then 10 days in, you're back to eating a tub of ice cream or whatever it is, right? So um, I think it mostly the memes and the controversy comes from the notion of being able to create a new you overnight, right? Like, yeah, exactly. December 31st, you're this person with all these flaws and problems and bad habits and no control over your life. And then the clock strikes 12 on January 1st. And all of a sudden you're the embodiment of health and success and self-control, drinking cucumber, lemon water, living your best (laughs) life, right? Yeah, Um, exactly. And I think that's probably one of the biggest philosophical flaws or fallacies, whatever you want to call it, um, is that you become a completely different person or address all of your bad habits or shortcomings overnight. Um, And in fact, I think it's the opposite, a coaching strategy that I like to use when I'm trying to help people with their goals, um, particularly losing weight or getting in shape is in fact the opposite. Um, I like to promote the idea that you make one small change to a habit every week or two weeks. So you take a week and you say, I'm going to drink more water this week. And that's the only thing you focus on. You don't change anything else because too much all at once might be overwhelming, right? You're not trying to become a new person overnight. 1% um, every day. That's all you fucking need. Literally. Exactly. And then, you know, the next week, maybe it's you try and change your sleep. The next week, it's trying to get outside. The next week, it's taking a walk. Um, it could be anything. And I think, you know, that's the biggest thing that can impact your, your goals and achievement overall is you can't do anything short term and you can't change it overnight. 
if you want to accomplish something and change something, you have to live it and integrate it into your lifestyle um, long-term or even permanently. Doing something for a week or a month or 90 days won't change your life. You have to adopt habits and principles um, and make them an essential part of who you are without putting an expiry date on them most of the time. Yeah. I, and I honestly think on top of that, like the new year, new me gives people so much pressure with having to make changes that maybe they're not ready for, or they're not in the right mindset for. And that's most of the time why they end up stopping to do that thing. Like they're not actually passionate about that change that they want to, which is like peer pressure of that saying, or everyone making all these goals for the new year coming up. And then people with like anxiety or don't take that in well, like they get so overwhelmed that they just don't do it. So that it's a hundred percent what you're saying. Like 1% every day is what is going to make that difference. It's not changing your life overnight or making all these, these changes in your life. And like, for example, I decided randomly to do dry January. One of my friends is doing it. And I was like, yeah, why not? Let's try it out. Mm -hmm. And even that, like, everyone's like, why? And I'm like, honestly, like, I don't really have a reason. And it's not because of the new year. It's just like, let's get in a mindset this month so I can figure out what the fuck is going on this month. It's going to set the tone for the rest of the year. And whether, you know, I continue this for three months or I just do it in January, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be in the headspace to be able to develop these goals that I want to hit. And it's just something that's going to challenge myself. So changing just literally 1% of yourself every single day, is going to make a huge difference. And it's not going to be as overwhelming. Like every single time I I sit down with a strategy session with someone and I'm coaching them on whether it's confidence or it is goal setting. Cause I do have a lot of one-on-ones with goal setting in particular. I always say like, what are your goals for this week? And I categorize it into three different categories. One being mental health, one being physical health, and then one being like growth in terms of like business or in terms of like self-development or something that you're working towards in your career and mental health. One being like, what are you doing every single day? It's going to help you in your mental state. So whether it's like you having a bath or you reading a book, or you just literally going for a walk by yourself and like breathing in nature, And then physical health would be specifically moving your body and the two, the mental and the physical could absolutely coincide. They could be together, but at least working on those things. And then also making that goal for you having that self-development, whether it's in your career, your business, your, your mindset, whatever it is. And these three things are going to balance you out when you hit your goals, because if you are not working on your mindset. If you are not working on your physical health, there's no fucking way you were going to hit any business goals, because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're going to fall short and everything else. And it all cycles around. This is what's going to help you prevent burnout. It's what's going to help you prevent a lot of the overwhelming thoughts. So when I'm like talking to people about new year, new me, like it's not about an overnight success, exactly what you were saying. It's literally about just making those little things every single day. And when I talk to people about their goals. I don't tell them anything. And then I see all their goals. I'm like, you're not going to do any of those things because you're setting yourself eight goals in one day. Do you really think when you get off of work, you get home from work, let's just say it's six o'clock at night. By the time you get home, you're going to work out for an hour and a half. You're also going to meal prep for the whole week. And you're going to do laundry and you're going to vacuum the house and you're going to do No, you're fucking not. You're not going to do any of those things. So separating it and then, you know, having that gradual workup is what's going to really shift that 
that reality for you. And I think that's what a lot of people don't really understand when they are trying to do those things and make change actually happen. Right. And and it's easy, you know, to have January 1st come around and, and you start setting these, you know, overwhelming and unrealistic expectations when you're full of motivation and excitement. And then, you know, obviously that quickly wanes because your goals are so overwhelming and unrealistic that they really tire yeah. But um, on the subject of new year, new me, I think the reason it doesn't work is because, you know, first of all, the notion that um, January 1st is the day that you have to set everything up to take action to me yeah. is kind of crazy. Like there's nothing wrong with choosing that as your start date, but like I started doing things in December that were going to make it easier for me to put things into place on January 1st. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with starting on that day, but it's a long year and you have to come up with strategies and mechanisms to keep yourself accountable. Otherwise, as we've seen, it's very easy, easy and likely that you fall off. And I think, you know, you become what you continuously do. If you live a healthy lifestyle 90% of the time and you treat yourself to something outside of that, you know, 10%, you're probably going to be successful. Find a ratio or frequency of that that works for you. And it doesn't just go um, towards eating, but it could be saving money. You know, if you're if you're a good saver 90% of the time and and you spend frivolously 10% of the time, you're probably going to be all right. You are what you continuously do. But if you try to kind of maintain this weird, awkward, like 50, 50 balance, then you might just be setting yourself up to look, feel, or perform, you know, mediocre, average, or unsatisfactory to you, right? You have to be super consistent. And the thing that you do the most, the most frequently, the most consistently, that's what you're going to become. And that's what you're going to achieve. And when you say consistently, I think a lot of people get the scared of the word consistent, but consistent is key in everything that we're going to be saying like on this podcast. But a lot of people also get very intimidated by the word consistent because the second they miss a day, they miss a thing, they stop it. They go, oh, fuck, I, I messed up. I right. can, I got to give up. Like I, I messed up. I can no longer continue. But just because you missed a day or just because you stopped doing something for a day does not mean you can't pick it back up and you can't continue doing it. That's what we mean by consistency. Consistency is continuously doing something over and over and over again, even if you fucking fail even if you fail, even if you miss a day, whatever it is. So don't get scared by the word consistency, but it absolutely is the most important and crucial part about all of this. And I think to your point, consistency is about getting back on the horse. Yes. Right. Like my goal right now, which I'm going to break down in, in infinitely more depth um, later on is to lose weight. Now, if I caved and I overate today, that doesn't mean that I should completely throw my goal out. Yeah. And that also doesn't mean that tomorrow I should try to overcompensate because it creates this kind of unhealthy um, binge purge mentality. Mm. I'm just going to go right back tomorrow if I overate today to what I did yesterday, right? Um, yeah. Small incremental changes to, you know, restart, rebuild my momentum, get things moving forward, making progress um, and not punishing myself for having that you know, one bad day, that one week moment, that one lapse in judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I need to figure out, you know, what made me overeat? Was it because I had crappy sleep? Was it because I was stressed? Or was it because I was unprepared and didn't meal prep and didn't have anything ready? So I went for the quick, easy fix, right? Yeah, figure out, you know, what what caused you to have that slip up, and then address that, and then go on your way. 
don't. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. Um, and then the feeding on to like this conversation in general, do you personally ever get overwhelmed with the thoughts of it being a new year? I know I like slightly mentioned it in one of my answers, but do you specifically, but this year maybe versus three years ago as well, like, do you get those overwhelming thoughts? So I think, you know, three, five, 10 years ago, I I didn't even really think about it. I was probably like, you know, many people listening to where New Year's for me was kind of like, you know, we're going to, what's the plan for New Year's? We're going to party, we're going to hang out, we're going to have fun, we're going to go to the bar, that kind of thing. So um, it wasn't really overwhelming because I was still in school and I never really took my life, my development, um, myself as a person too seriously. I mean, you know, me, everything was kind of a joke and (laughs) that kind of thing. You know, I never took it too seriously. Um, But I don't really get overwhelmed about it being a new year. Um, Maybe, maybe because I perpetually feel overwhelmed these days. Um, So it's really (laughs) just another day, but I really enjoyed the time off at New Year's this year and and Christmas time. Um, I felt pretty relieved and refreshed and rejuvenated once Christmas was over. All the shopping and stuff was done. All the dinners and family obligations were done. And that weird time in between Christmas and New Year's was actually really good for me. Um, I decided to take New Year's Eve and New Year's Day just to chill, work out, take care of myself. And um, like I touched on earlier, take the time to reflect on the years past, what I was grateful for, write down what I was grateful for and and everything, no matter how big or how small. Um, And then I kind of did this little draft where I started to set some goals and and map them out. And obviously we'll go over in more depth the strategies that I used under um, another question. But uh, I think I put so much stress and pressure on myself the rest of the year that new year wasn't the stressful time for me. Right. Um, yeah. It was the summer, which was our busy season, the, the new year in the winter was actually um, a bit of a come down. And I think, you know, taking the time to reflect helped. Um, like I said, I felt pretty bad about 2020 and 2021 until yeah. I actually took the time to figure out what I accomplished, what I was grateful for. Um, so 2022, I just felt like I had clarity and and purpose and things were good. Yeah, I was, um, I felt so refreshed in like coming into 2022. I, I felt like an overwhelming sense of gratitude, um, with actually finally listening to my body and like chilling the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you know me well enough that I'm either like super fucking intense or I'm like chill as fuck. And there's like not not really any in between. (laughs) So I was actually really, really, really proud of myself for taking, you know, I think about three months, I was very slow motion in what I was doing. I was very intentional with where where I was spending my time, but I did take a lot of steps back. So I felt super refreshed going into 2022. But if I look back when I was like, you know, between the ages of like 21 and like, let's just say 24, 25, I was so intimidated by New Year's. Obviously, making New Year's plans was like my top priority. But when I the next day, I had a sense of su- like such bad anxiety. I would overthink the entire day, probably a little bit of anxiety, but also just anxiety in general going into right. a new year and having these expectations of having to accomplish something that year. And I I come from a family that they're 
I have a very successful family. So I feel like whenever I go to like family gatherings and I'm at holiday events, the entire holidays, all you hear about is everyone's successes, all these great things that people are doing in their lives, maybe them starting school or like them starting new businesses or whatever age group that you're, you're speaking to. And then you, you hit January and you're almost like in this comparison mode of having all these stories coming back home and like hearing everyone's success, especially coming back home from the holidays and like hearing how everyone's schooling was going when we were back in like, you know, the age of 21. But now because I'm older, I don't really feel that way because I actually have that gratitude for where I am in my life, but I can totally relate for people that have that overwhelming thought and like feelings because I totally felt that way growing up. And like, it's hard not to, especially with social media, right? Like the highlights of everyone's incredible life. Like you're not going to sit at Christmas dinner and share how shitty your last six months are. You're going to pick out the best days, even if there's only three. Right. Right. And and it's funny that you kind of touched on a a couple of things that I can spin off of. But when you talk about how you had, you know, such a successful family and that's maybe why you felt the pressure is because you're always comparing yourself to them. Um, I would say, you know, I come from a bit of a different setting. Um, It's very unique, like, you know, so maybe I didn't Mm -hmm. feel any pressure other than the pressure that I put on myself. And it's funny because I was always told I was so argumentative and I was going to be a lawyer one day and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't manifested that yet, but I, mean, I thought that too, <laughs> leaving, leaving the door open. Um, and then, yeah, like all, the holidays are stressful for people because it's always like, Oh, why don't you have a girlfriend or boyfriend yet? Or, you know, what are you doing for work? What are you doing with your life? Yeah. And I always felt like, what are you doing with your life was like the most invasive, insulting, intrusive question. Yes. I, I hate that question. I don't mind it as much now because I feel like I've got a lot of things going for me. I still hate Um, it. (laughs) But things that I left behind in 2020 and 2021 um, were things that you touched on was comparison um, and competition. Yeah. I, I do not under any circumstances compare or compete anymore. And I try to tell people kind of in my inner circle that, you know, like whether it's you know, somebody says I lost five pounds and then somebody goes, oh, well, I lost 10. And it's like, why don't we take a minute and celebrate that person who tells you that they lost five pounds rather than immediately making it about you or one-upping them. And, and that's something that I started to do in my own head that I was doing. And then along the way became more self-aware of was like, yeah. you know what, let's take a minute and, and be happy for this person and celebrate them. And it could be literally anything. And even if I've got something that numerically or whatever in my mind does one up them let's wait to share and not make it about us and yes rather than compete and compare and then um i think 2020 and 2021 with the isolation and stuff you really got to learn who your friends were and who yes absolutely or just people in general (laughs) yeah cared enough to to reach out and keep in touch and support you in the ways that you needed support which might be different from the ways that they needed um Mm -hmm. i had a lot of toxic and unproductive people just kind of see themselves out in those years yeah because i realized i didn't have the energy or the time to keep in touch with them and then you know the people who who really do matter like i've got a friend who calls me every single day whether it's because he knows i'm on lunch he knows i'm driving he's driving it's like if we have two minutes we're gonna spend it together to just update mm-hmm. each other on our days and and talk so um i think that's part of why i 
felt pretty relieved this year is, you know, not comparing, not competing and, you know, unproductive and and toxic people kind of just saw themselves out of my life. And honestly, when you shed out those toxic people from your life, not comparing and saying like, uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, there's no way you can go from like literally like being in a comparison mode to like not being, um, there is no black and white, but when you remove toxic people from your life, it's so much easier to not compare because mm-hmm. you're not getting fed all this negativity so that your mindset is a lot clearer to make logical decisions or be in that right headspace. Like it absolutely is so important to be around people that are going to give you those positive vibes, making you feel good, make you feel comfortable, but also like allow you to grow and not bring you back in time and get stuck in those headspaces. That's not going to allow you to hit any of the goals that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And for me, I don't know. I just, I bring it back to my work, I guess, because that's where most of my growth and development um, has come from. But I've just been thinking like, you know, if, if someone else on our management team happens to get a raise or a promotion or a special duty or something that maybe I wanted, um, I've really kind of learned to just celebrate that for them just because someone else has more. I didn't lose anything, right? They didn't take anything away from me that I already had. It's not like they took a dollar of my pay per hour and gave it to that person. They just got a dollar more. And it's like, we should celebrate that rather rather than be like, oh, why did they get it? And why didn't I get it? And the thing that I repeated to myself the most is, you know what, Jesse, your, your time will come, right? Yeah. If you keep setting goals and you keep working towards them, your time will come. But I think it's really important to celebrate people that we otherwise would be in competition with, right? Like my fellow managers, yeah. I chose to look at us as a family and as a team rather than as, you know, my competition. It's like, if you get a promotion, you get a raise, you get something good for you. That's awesome. And a rising tide raises all ships, right? So- That's a good mindset. Okay. I have a, the next question here for you, which is what is your routine when you're starting a new year? And obviously this is a huge packed question (laughs) and probably one of the bigger ones, but what routine do you have and whether you just started it this year or not, um, anything would be great to share. Yeah. So I wouldn't say historically that I've ever had a routine. I've always been pretty abstract and and go with the flow. Um, And I think, you know, this year I, and last year I created a bit of routine for myself. And and by doing that, I think by not going with the flow, I really took control. I wasn't going where I was being pushed. I was going where I decided I was going where I wanted to go. So every year is a little different, but I think this year was really healthy and productive Um, And I think that's what I would like to do every year where I would like to start and where I would like to build off of. Yeah. Uh, And I think, you know, as we touched on, I think it's important to reflect on the year or even two years that have passed um, because that reflection changed and shaped my entire perspective on how I actually felt about those years. Um, Originally, I was pretty upset or unsatisfied with 2021, you know, just my general sentiment around it felt pretty bad just because of the pandemic and that kind of thing. Um, But I took the time to look back on it. I felt good about it. So reflection is really important and it's a tool that helps shape your perspective. And it gives you a bit of a more accurate baseline on where to start for the year ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, So find time for reflection and and find a strategy that works for you. Um, But I like to write down my successes, my areas for improvement, what I'm grateful for, um, much the same way that we do for our team members at work. And that can be 
big or small, um, you can prioritize them, alphabetize them, whatever you want to do. Um, but it can probably be really eye-opening to see how much you're actual, actually grateful for. And it might excite you to see that you have a clean slate or a fresh new year to start planning and implementing strategies. Um, and then after I'm kind of done my reflection, obviously you're going to take some time and separate from that. But um, I start to write out goals. And like you and I have talked about leading yeah. into this, goal setting is a bit of a science or an elaborate process. Um, so my New Year's routine for goal setting, um, I kind of just created, you know, broad generic categories. Like you said, it's funny that we did that in the exact same way without ever talking about it before. Yeah, <laughs> I had the three categories of personal goals, um, which is like career development or work related. Yeah. I had fitness goals, um, which, you know, I've been about since I was about 20, fitness has been a big part of my life and probably the focal point by which everything else is hinged on in my life, honestly. Um, and then financial goals. So I just, you know, did my reflection, built my three categories that I really want to focus on for improvement. Um, and then I kind of used a bit of a scientific process to build out my goals. But um, yeah, this new year, my routine was make sure I work out, make sure I eat good, um, enjoy some coffee, hang out on the couch. And uh, New Year's is always my sister's birthday. She's born on January 1st. So right. she turned 19 this year. <laughs> so I told her, you know, I'll be sleeping on the couch in the living room with my phone on loud. If you need a ride, let me know. Um, I was passed out snoring by 1130. <laughs> um, and then she Classic. actually, yeah, she actually came home <laughs> at 1201 to wake me up and let me know that she was already home. So I didn't have to worry about her. So oh, cute. Um, probably a much different new year than most people. Um, not too much partying, <laughs> drinking or celebrating, but that's pretty on brand for me. Yeah. I love that. And obviously, um, every year I always, you know, somewhat like to get together with people and celebrate. Obviously this year looked a little bit different. Wasn't really able to go to a huge party or anything like that. But, um, I think it's so important to spend that time with people that are, you, you really do care about. Um, but my routine for when, when I I'm starting a new year is I do very similar things. I love to look at gratitude. I, when I was starting out my career, I was in a huge hustle mode to a point where like nothing else mattered, just my career, huge hustle. I was like, no fucks given, like, don't bother me. Um, like literally that was my headspace. And then on weekends, you know, I'd go out and like have drinks with friends and stuff like that. I wasn't like isolated from the world, but I was in a huge hustle mentality for like, I would say a solid five years. Um, and then obviously it hit me like a ton of bricks when my dad got diagnosed with cancer and my whole mindset of life in general completely sure. shifted. And I ended up you know, understanding a lot of gratitude. I understand a lot of slowing down, enjoying the ride, obviously hustle mentality, um, no longer like intensely exists in my life. I would say it still does in a sense that I, I want to go for goals. I, I have these massive goals. I probably take more risks on myself now, but it's less like grind until you don't have a life. Like I literally used to work from like, you know, seven in the morning, eight in the morning until like 11 at night and then go to bed and then do it all again the next day. 
when I'm watching TV, I be on my laptop still working. Like I did that for years upon years to a point where I isolated my entire life to a point where if people would text me, I'd sometimes answer. I would mm-hmm. rarely hang out with any of my friends unless they wanted to go out drinking because that was my release. So my new routines going into new years is isolating different things that mean a lot to me. So on top of like the categories, like the categories I was sharing in terms of like the mental and physical and like business growth or like just growth in general within your career, those are more of like daily slash weekly goals that I set with myself. Then I also set with people that I work with on a, a weekly daily basis. And that helps everyone stay accountable and stay motivated. But as a big scale, like for the, throughout the entire year or throughout the entire quarters, what I do is I completely separate it into like relationships slash people that I'm spending time with. Um, I also do Again, mental health has lately been super, super important to me because I can see how burnt out I get when I'm not taking care of my mental health, um, physical, and then I have career and then I have a whole section just for me and my dog. <laughs> and if Love you have, that. if you have kids and obviously maybe you'd put your family into that category, but obviously my dog is, and I, I, those are the categories I work from. So I set a goal that is going to be quarterly or yearly because I feel like we're in a, we're in a world where we almost can't slash can make yearly goals, but it's almost sometimes a little bit too overwhelming in this moment. I personally still make yearly goals when I talk to people and I'm coaching them, they don't know what the fuck is going to happen within a year. So it's hard for them to see the vision of a year. So if, if you're listening to this and you can't imagine what your life is going to be in a year, that's okay. Like set these quarterly goals for yourself. It's the next four months. It's less overwhelming. And I set it in each category of like, how much time do I want to spend in these areas? And it doesn't have to be hours or days or anything like that. It could just be like, I really want to make it a priority to see the people that I care about at least once a week, like that is a priority to me. So when you're setting Mm -hmm. these priorities in your life, setting your goals is a lot easier because you're like, Oh, when I'm goal setting, I completely am career focused and I'm losing focus over. I really want to have a better relationship with my mom or with my dad or with my best friend, or I want to make new friends because I just moved and I'm in an area where I don't know anyone. Like though, don't forget about those goals because that is what the your life is all about. And I think that's where my mindset did shift when all these events happened in my life, because I was just like, oh, goals equal career equal success. Right. But my, it completely shifted my way of life and honestly for the better, but that's kind of how I do my routine and how I set myself up. And obviously we're going to go into like the goal, the goal specifics, like in the next question, but as like a broad statement, that's what I shifted into rather just being like heavy intense. Yeah. And I, I think the thing that I um, really keyed in on is the word priorities, right? And yeah. that's kind of what I would classify my categories are is those three big broad categories that, you know, you and I have kind of talked about. Um, those are my, probably my three biggest priorities that I know yeah. if I take care of those three things, um, ultimately I'm going to be happy. And I think that's what goal setting is, is like, you're trying to create a, not like a path, not only an end point, but a journey as well. That's going to make you happy. Right. So if I take care of my priorities, which, you know, for you, 
mental health, physical health, career, and relationships, those are your priorities. If you know you're making positive progress or gaining momentum in those areas, or um, for some of them, it could be as simple as, I just want to get better in one of these areas while maintaining the others. Yeah. That could be a pathway to happiness, fulfillment, success, clarity, stability, all the things we've kind of talked about. Yeah. And one thing I I also want to note while we're kind of in the same topic is I feel like a lot of people say these goals that they want in their life specifically because it's relating to what other people's goals are. So like, for example, especially in like the business world, and this might be like, you know, a bad example, but my biggest thing in my mind is people always make monetary goals that are other people's monetary goals. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people would say like, I want to make 5k, I want to make 10k a month. And they always keep saying, I want to, I want to hit this monetary goal, but like, do you want to hit that monetary goal? Do you, do you really want to, or do you want to, because other people are hitting it? same thing in like the business realm. A lot of people say like, once you hit a million, you're good, but do you really want that in your life? So same thing goals for like goal setting, like, do you want to be in the gym five days a week? Is that your, actually your goal? Like, is that, is that what you want? Or are you saying that's your goal? Because you know, your brother's girlfriend is doing that and she, that's, what's making her happy, but do pick the goals that are ultimately like exactly what you said are going to make you happy and that are going to literally shift the life that you want for yourself. But if it's not something you want, don't do it just because other people are doing it. No. And I mean, the, the issue is again, with competition and comparison, right? Literally. And, yes. It literally you know, brings it back to that. A pursuit that might make you happy might make me miserable, right? Like if exactly. you and I, if you and I set the exact same gym goal, I'd you, die. You might I'd hate die. your life. I, mean, <laughs> I would hate my life for if sure. If you I and I just... set the same, you know, career goal, relationship goal, or if I got a dog and tried to keep up with your relationship with Yuna and how great that is and how well trained yeah. she is, I might be stressed out and like not know what the hell I'm doing. And that might make me miserable. Right. I mean, I yeah. think I would obviously love having <laughs> yeah. trying to keep up with you in the way that you have your relationship with her and the way that you train her and the amount of time and attention you put into that, which you get fulfillment and happiness from might stress yeah. me out and it might not work. And the same way, you know, my gym related goal might not be feasible for you or my financial goal or whatever. 100%. Yeah. And- goals according to you, what your priorities are, what really makes you happy. And some of that takes, you know, some reflection and and soul searching to figure out what really drives you being happy. And for me, it was the realization that um, I was always obsessed with fitness and my body since I was like 19, because I was overweight. Um, And I wanted to always maintain that and, and keep that under control. And I really realized through the pandemic, and when I got my job, and when I graduated, when I kind of let that go that like, that's my priority. Yeah, that's my that's my grounding factor is when I'm constantly working out and I'm constantly active and I'm functional, healthy, my body weight's in a good range. That was the thing that really everything else was hinged on. And I know that when that priority or goal is taken care of day in and day out, um, I'm happy and everything else seems to fall into place. So I'm like, take care of that first above everything else. And once that's taken care of, you can start making progress in other things. And it might seem vain, you know, you want to look a certain way, you want to weigh a certain weight, whatever. Everyone Um, has their thing. Yeah, you can frame that goal however you want. Like mine has to do with a number on a scale only because I know how I look and I feel 
um, and how functional I am and, you know, how tall I am and what's a healthy range and that kind of thing. So I decided, you know, as you're going to see when I get into uh, my biggest and probably most fleshed out and specific goal is my body weight. Um, I have very specific targets with that, but only because I know that's where I'm at my best. Exactly. And then if I, you know, add on to that, I could never pick a number Mm-mm. with my body. Like if I had a, a number in my head and I was constantly looking at a scale, I don't own a scale and I will never own a scale and it will never be in my, in my house. If like, you know, like it, yeah. it's just not going to happen. And I know that because when I was in high school, I was obsessed with it right. to a point where it was unhealthy. So I will literally never do that to myself. But for me, absolutely. I have a fitness goal, but it's just about feeling good. It's not about looks. It's not about anything. It's literally just about feeling good and and comfortable in my body. Um, so it exactly rotating it back is like everyone's goal is going to look completely different. And obviously like male, female, like our, you know, fitness goals are going to be different, but it's so important. No comparison. Yeah. And just different lifestyles and different, you know, willingness to invest a certain amount of time in it. Like if, if your goal is to get to the gym twice a week and do yoga twice a week, because that's all you've got time for. And that's all that you can stomach physically and mentally. um, I would be fully in support of that, right? Like that would be sick. Your goals can be completely catered to you and and tailored to what you're able to put into them and what you want to get out of them. And nobody can really judge you, compare, compete, or fault you for that. Right. Like exactly completely different. And if you want to put more time into a different area of your life, that's going to, you know, funnel happiness to you, then that's where you should build your most important goal or your, your critical goal. I guess if we wanted to give it kind of a corny term, your, your critical priority, right? Mine is my, my fitness and health, particularly, you know, specifically my body weight and yours might be something completely different. Could be career related. Yeah. Mine 100% is career related always Mm -hmm. (laughs) just because it's my mindset always, but yeah, 100%. Um, okay. So let's get into like the actual like goal setting specifically, but what do you personally like to do when setting goals and expectations for yourself specifically? I know we kind of gotten into the categories and we've gotten into a little bit of the strategy, but what would you do and how would you actually map that out when you're, you're personally setting those goals? How much time you got? (laughs) We don't have a limit, so we're good. Okay. As long as you've got nowhere to be. Um, this, I think this question really was the meat and potatoes of the podcast. This is really where we kind of dissected. And I think this is where we really have the opportunity to, um, probably help some people with some very specific, um, and really fleshed out methods that you use to set goals. And this is kind of going to give light to what I mean when I say goal setting is in a lot of ways, a science. Um, and I think, you know, I don't pretend to have all the answers. I don't pretend to, be a master goal setter. Like I broke down in my introduction. I'm really just a regular guy that has regular struggles, but (laughs) um, this is what worked for me. So um, I start very, very broad, you know, those three priorities. What are the three biggest areas of my life that I want to take care of? And I narrowed it down to like personal slash career, um, fitness and health and financial. So those are kind of my overarching generic categories. Um, And then from there, you choose something specific that you want to do within those categories and reverse engineer it um, to figure out how you're going to get there. Um, 
So I took each category and I broke it down into three ways that I could positively influence my life in those categories that mean something to me. What means something to me could mean something completely different to someone else. Like you'll see some of my goals are probably really easy. Some people might think they're stupid. They might be vague. Um, You know, you're going to see these are what I want to accomplish this year, basically. And I, I set yearly goals with weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, quarterly check-ins basically. Um, So my personal or career goal, number one, is simply to start a podcast. What does that mean to me? (laughs) That means absolutely. (laughs) That means literally set a time, make a schedule. What day am I going to record? What day am I going to drop it? Who am I going to include? Um, I've got all kinds of ideas written out in a journal, a guest list. I've been brainstorming this forever. Um, so this is the year that I was like, okay, my career is under control. Um, my weight is starting to get under control and I'm well on my way there. I've got lots of momentum. This is the right time for me to start a podcast. If I wanted to be more specific, it would be um, release, you know, 12 podcast episodes this year. So one a month, something yeah. manageable something that is a start tangibles to, to build momentum. Um, and it's just something that I've wanted to do forever because I need an outlet to be productive and creative outside of my nine to five. It may or may not become a secondary income, but it's not attached to that. Um, just something that, it's a skill that you can work on and refine. And it's so much better than what I've been doing these last 10 days where when I'm done my workout, I sit on the couch and watch, you know, reruns of suits that I've already watched five (laughs) I do the same Um, shit though (laughs) right so it's like it's very simple it's very achievable and if I really wanted to map it out and make it more specific I could and the ways that I would do that are you know come up with a schedule of when to record when to release um, a cadence for releases how many do I want to release if it's one a week one every two weeks that kind of thing how many a year and then come up with a way to track it basically could just be a spreadsheet. Did I record one? Did I release one? Check yes or no. And if it was one a month, you know, there should be 24 check boxes on there for recording and releasing. And that's kind of how you track it. And you do a monthly check-in because yeah. it's a monthly goal, right? Yeah. Um, but for me, I wanted to keep that goal really simple because it's something that I don't have big plans for yet. I just want to get the ball rolling and see where it goes. Yeah. Um, And I have a partner in mind to do that podcast with. So I'm sure we're going to come up with different ways to um, keep each other accountable and and structure it better. But that was my first personal slash career goal. Um, My second one, again, is more vague than I would like. Doesn't go along with the scientific process that I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) But I'm new in my management role. So I wanted to have a full year of being successful in that role. And um, we have all kinds of different markers that we track for our teams that are uh, quantitative that I can use to determine what success looks like in that role. And then I can also have qualitative um, data when, you know, getting feedback from my team and my boss about how I'm doing. Yeah. Um, So as long as all of those things are in the acceptable ranges and all of the people who matter are happy with me and they feel validated and they're, you know, impressed and, good with me at the end of the year I know that'll be what's successful and then that also comes out in like our year-end evaluations and that kind of stuff so that's a big yearly goal and if I wanted to build it yeah. out, I could come up with smaller ways 
um, that will allow me to check in and see if I'm being successful. We do monthly coaching. We do literally weekly updates on all the numbers and that kind of thing. So without going into too much detail about what I do for work, um, that's a goal that I'm going to have qualitative and quantitative data on to determine whether or not I've been successful. But ultimately that goal at the end of the year, it just means do I feel like I did a good job as a manager for my team, for my company and for my bosses? That's kind of a, yeah. a feely goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then my last one, probably the most achievable, most measurable one out of the three personally is um, I've always struggled with personal style. Yeah. Uh, it comes to the way I dress. You're not that bad. I'm not that bad, but I'm not that good. <laughs> Um, and one thing that I'm lacking in terms of personal style is a fitted suit. Mm, so yeah. my goal for this year is to own a fitted suit um, or two for events, weddings, parties, important meetings, important interviews, that kind of thing. Need it. Um, with where I want my career trajectory to go, I know I need a suit. And if I wanted to use the scientific process to build that goal out, um, when do I want a suit? Where am I going to buy it from? Wh um, what's my deadline for buying it? How much is it going to cost? And how much money do I need to set aside each week and each month to eventually have um, the money set aside for my suit by my deadline? Yeah. Um, I could literally just go buy one right now. There's nothing stopping me. Yeah. Um, other than I just want to lose a little bit of weight so that when I get it custom fit, it's more fit to the shape that I want to be long term rather than it's almost that. like a reward for your first goal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when I do my coaching, it's so funny that you bring this up because when I do my coaching, my confidence coaching specifically, I always make them and like envision themselves in their the outfit that they feel like so hot in, like, what is that one outfit that if you were to imagine yourself wearing, like, what the fuck would you be wearing to a point where you already know, like the accessories that you're in. And I feel like for you, it would be that suit and mm -hmm. it makes you so much more motivated to get to that state, to feel that way that nothing else matters. So that's such, that's such a cool thing that you added that in there just out of, out of chance. Cause obviously I did not know your goals before jumping on right. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we didn't talk about any of these before. we didn't talk about anything before we um, jumped on and I, I really only put pen to paper with a lot of these this morning um, my financial goals and my fitness goals are a lot more fleshed Intense. out and measurable and trackable so those yeah. ones were pretty generic honestly I would say those three are almost a good example of how not to build your goals um, <laughs> yeah because they're a they're little too too, too much numbers um they're, they're a little too vague they're not as trackable that kind of thing and i don't mm -hmm. really have them on a timeline or a schedule which are all pieces of advice that i would give to people is make them trackable make them on a timeline but yeah um, i've come to terms with that and i guess that kind of speaks to how I make goals is in each category, I kind of have an easy, medium and hard goal, right? Like it's really easy yeah. for me to buy a suit. I can just go do that or I can set 20 bucks aside every week until I have enough for a suit, right? Like that one to yeah. me seems really easy. Um, being successful in my role is probably the hard one. Mm -hmm. And starting a podcast, I would say is somewhere medium because it's yeah. supposed to be fun and I, I don't expect it to go anywhere other than it's a really an outlet. It's a productive, creative outlet. Exactly. Yeah, I um, love that. So the second category is definitely the one I'm most passionate about. And I definitely got more specific. 
um, and it's my fitness and health. And as you know, I'm a bit of a nerd. I've been called obsessive and overbearing when it comes to this one. And (laughs) um, that just shows that (laughs) my entire life and my mood seem to hinge on it. And my workouts and my diet are going well and under control. Literally everything else in my life seems to fall into place. And I think that's why I go so hard in this area is because it is my key to it's you it's just you yeah yeah and and there are days where or not days there have been years where I've just been completely out of it and and it took those years to realize how important it was and it's important for your health and your longevity right like I can't I can't do my career if I don't feel good and confident about my body on in-person interviews, Zoom yes. interviews, meetings, that kind of thing. Um, and then just being physically functional. Like if I'm out of breath going up the yeah, stairs. Yeah, basic like, health. Yeah. Like it just, it just doesn't work, right? So I would say everybody should have a fitness and health goal. And it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be as big and crazy as mine. Um, Could just be moving your body once a day, exactly, literally. Exactly. I'm going to do a half an hour walk every exactly. day. That's yeah. an excellent place to start. I'm going to mm-hmm. drink more water. I'm going to get more sleep, anything. Um, but it's important not to overcomplicate it. Um, probably like I have, I would say start small. But start your experience, that's so completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So my goal is, and I used very specific language here. Um, a, my one A is to reduce my body weight to be within a range of 180 pounds to 200 pounds by June 30th. Um, ideally in time for a friend's wedding, which is a little closer of a timeline than that. Um, but June 30th was the deadline I assigned for this. So six full months. Um, and like I said, I actually started working on it in early December. Of course. Um, yeah. In a concentrated fashion. Um, and then my one B for the second half of the year is to maintain a body weight within that range. So I've got 20 pounds to play with um, until December 31st, because that'll allow my body to reach homeostasis that'll kind of be a comfortable settling point and then from there I can reevaluate whether or not I want to continue to build muscle or lose fat depending on how satisfied or unsatisfied I am Um, so to accomplish this goal first we have to map it out how much do I weigh on January 1st roughly 240 pounds so I want to lose at least 40 pounds in six months Um, from January 1st to the end of June is roughly what 26 or 27 weeks so a little bit of math means I have to lose roughly a pound and a half per week by the end of June to be within the range that I want to be Um, so how do we do that I actually borrowed some terms from my corny business school program and uh, (laughs) which is something that we use that work it's the four disciplines of execution. Um, it's a book. If you want to go out and read it, I would highly recommend change the way I look at goal setting and, and the way that um, we look at it at my place of work. But um, you have to come up with a lead measure or a measure that will be predictive of your success. In the case of weight loss, um, the lead measure is a caloric deficit. So I need to spend more calories or burn more calories than I intake. So I need to implement a deficit ranging between 500 and 1,000 calories per day to lose the amount of weight I need to. And to implement that deficit, I'm going to use a mix of activity and dietary restriction to achieve that. To keep things super simple, um, I want to burn at least 2,800 calories per day, um, ideally more, but that's my minimum, burn 2,800 and eat between 1,800 and 2,200. 
that would give me a deficit of anywhere between 600 to 1,000. So exactly the range that I specified. Um, I track the calories that I burn on this little wristband I wear called mm -hmm. the Whoop. Um, it broadcasts my heart rate and stuff to an app. And then um, I track the, my consumption on my fitness pal. And as long as I'm within those ranges of expenditure and consumption, um, I predict those are my lead measures that will lead me to my goal. Um, and then in terms of activity, I like weightlifting, boxing, walking, um, riding my stationary bike, playing tennis, et cetera. Um, and I'm just trying to implement little strategies that help with that. So like I rode my bike this morning before work for 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I was about to say, whoa. That, sh that should be one of my goals is to become a morning person. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I woke up at 630, uh, mostly because I knew I wanted to put pen to paper and make some show notes um, yeah. for tonight. But um, I set aside that 20 minutes to ride my bike and it allowed me to, you know, burn some calories, move, start my day, but also gather my thoughts before I put pen to paper. Right. So it was kind yeah. of a, um, a bit of a two for one. Yeah. Um, and then today during my lunch hour, and this is something that we can all do is I literally just walked for 45 minutes out of my hour lunch. And then I left 15 minutes for me to eat. Right. So whereas I would have normally, played cards or continue to work through my lunch or chatted scroll with on tiktok exactly <laughs> scroll on instagram whatever yeah i went for a 45 minute walk um and i just kind of i have this route that i go for a walk on that ends up being almost exactly 45 minutes it was perfect and on that walk i tracked that i burned 275 calories and it's like that's pretty yeah. powerful for me to see that because it was like 45 minutes not that hard it's my lunch break anyways yeah i have in the middle of the day that you have the opportunity to grab that and be productive so i was like yeah if my deficit is 600 and i burned 275 that's almost half of it just in an hour that i might have been sitting doing nothing anyway and i still yeah. allowed for that 15 minutes to have enough time to enjoy my lunch right to where I'm yeah not, you know, exactly or, or whatever right so um that's i love that. that everybody can do i so, definitely haven't ever done that <laughs> yeah. So those are my lead measures um, that will be predictive of weight loss is, you know, increased activity and regulated consumption. Um, from there, you have to establish what is a lag measure. So that's something trackable that your lead should have influence over. In this case, it's my weekly average body weight. Um, so I weigh myself every single day, butt ass naked after using the washroom and I eliminate as many variables as possible. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm eliminating water. I'm eliminating clothing, that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I weigh myself every single day, seven days a week in the morning. Um, and then I take an average for each seven day period. And if on average, my body weight is going down one and a half pounds from the week before, from the last weekly check-in, I know my lead measures are producing the desired result and they don't yet need to be adjusted because I'm making progress. Um, so for this goal, you just have to make sure your leads, which are your predictive activities are in congruence with your legs yeah. and you check in, you know, every day, every week. And you make decisions in a way that um, foster small incremental progress. 1% that will every inevitably, day. Inevitably add up to bigger long-term results, right? Like that 45-minute yeah. walk is something so small and insignificant, and it's not a big sacrifice for me to make. Um, but 
like 275 calories in terms of my goal is, is so huge. Right. So why not, why not do that? And if I just build that into, it's a non-negotiable habit. That's part of my everyday. Yeah. I'm just going to do or start small. I'm going to do it twice a week. I'm going to do it three times a week. I'm going to do it four times a week and then five ramping up in a linear fashion based on whatever your personal timeline is. Um, but yeah, establish my leads, find a way to track my legs and make sure um, my legs are in congruence with my leads. If my weight's not going down, I know I need to adjust my leads. Maybe my deficit needs to be bigger. Maybe my tracking methods. Exactly. Need to be and that goes with literally any goal. If it's not working shift, like don't just yes. be like, oh, it's not working and complain about it. Like shift. It's obviously not working. Right. Yeah. 100%. And, and the thing is not, don't panic either, especially with weight loss. Um, if my weight doesn't go down for a week or two weeks, mm-hmm. maybe I need to give it three weeks to a month to actually get the ball rolling and build right. right. And then if after whatever your desired period of time is, if you're not seeing those incremental results, definitely pivot or shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other fitness goals are a little or much less intense, but also funnel into my bigger goal. Um, number two, I don't own a bicycle and I believe, uh, everybody probably should own a bicycle, right? Um, form of exercise, form of transportation. We all had one when we were kids. Yeah. Um, And then to validate buying the bicycle, I want to commit to riding it two to three times per week, obviously weather permitting, um, in (laughs) fall. Get those big ass tires. (laughs) No, you you won't catch me on a bicycle. No No chance. Um, But when the snow melts, I will purchase a bike. I'll come up with a journal or a spreadsheet to track my weekly rides for frequency, distance, speed, caloric expenditure, etc., and devise a more specific goal that will help me get better at cycling. And ultimately that's going to help with my activity and weight management goal as well. And then my last one under fitness is to start taking boxing or Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes just because it's a yes. skill that you can build be productive again outside of your nine to five. It's better than just sitting around watching suits or my big thing is friggin' weekends. Um, if I don't have anything to do, I don't get up and force myself to do anything. Right. Like I'm right. guilty of sleeping till 12 and that completely throws off, you know, your weekly routine because your, your sleep cadence is off. Right. But if right. I know I have that boxing class at 9am, the same time I have to be at the office on a weekday, I'm going to get up and prepare in the exact same way. And it's going to help foster a routine. Yeah. So, I did that with yoga too. And the things weren't actually shut down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But. It's huge, but um, I guess my fitness goals and, and the reflective of my bigger personal goal is just to fill my time productively. Right. That's a very yeah. generic goal, but it's like, how are you going to fill your time? How often, how much time are you going to fill that kind of thing? So yeah. starting a boxing or jujitsu class, it's a skill that I can build. Um, and my commitment to that is once I get started to commit to three to six months of regular weekly classes and reevaluate after I've got some exposure. So I'm going to commit to doing it for three to six months and really give it my all and see if it's for me. And I feel like it'll probably be more towards the six months um, just to see whether or not it's for me not to give up on it too quickly. Yeah. I feel like I definitely want to get into some type of boxing because when I got into yoga, I, I literally started yoga because I was so stressed. (laughs) I was so angry all the time. So stressed. And I feel like boxing would just be like the next level for me. Um, so I'd love to do something like that. 
Yeah. And um, we kind of played around with boxing. Yeah, it was when, fun. When you were here. Um, yeah. I'm definitely not a boxing instructor or trainer. <laughs> yeah. Really just a, a guy who used just to be a really angry, used to be an angry teenager. So this is a way for me to <laughs> punch things in a healthy it's way. Because we're both... We both have red hair, so we're just like right. disasters. Yeah, <laughs> and just the stress release and yeah, something about having controlled aggression too, like knowing that you can be aggressive. Society seems to want people to be passive now, but if you can be aggressive, yeah, I know. In like a in a controlled way and not in a way that's hurting anybody, but helping yourself. Right? If yeah. you don't stand up and be aggressive for yourself, nobody's going to. Yeah, 100%. Or it's the same thing in the workplace. Like if if you're a manager, if you're not looking out for your for your staff, like no one's going to you. Like you're that person. You're the ad- right. advocate for them. So it's it's so important. Yeah. Um, it, I think yeah. aggressiveness and assertiveness are good things when they're under control. Fully agree. Um, but that's another podcast topic. That's <laughs> yeah, I know. We're like going off. Um, the <laughs> final major category that I wanted to improve was financial. And it's the big scary stuff. And it's the yeah. It's like the the, topic that no one likes to talk about. Yeah. It's the least fun. Nobody wants to talk about it. Um, Scary. My three financial goals for this year are to earn a raise. Um, Obviously, you know, I think most people want to raise and most, uh, I think good employers will do a yearly review with some kind of raise attached to it. And Mm -hmm. I think um, if I have a successful year in my role, like my first goal, right, we're creating a funnel. Um, then I believe, you know, I should be able to check this one off as well and um, hopefully do a good enough job that in the eyes of my company, I've earned a raise. And my company's really good at rewarding and recognizing people for their hard work. Um, I think, you know, raises go out every year. I think there's been lots of growth and opportunities presented to people who are willing to work hard and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So I think it's a really healthy environment for me to accomplish this goal. Um, And I didn't really feel the need to build it out too much because it's kind of a pass fail goal. Um, If they give me a raise of even 25 cents, then I'm willing to check this goal off. Right. 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 No matter how big or how small it ends up being. I think it's still just about, you know, having, financial forward progress and financial momentum and and keeping things, you know, in motion that way and not feeling stuck at my current rate of pay. Right. Yeah. And like everyone is motivated in certain ways. And if financial is things that motivate you, then why not put that on the list? Right. Obviously Mm -hmm. monetary goals are important to you. And sometimes for people it's more environmental, which is totally fine too. For sure. Um, So my second financial goal again is a pass fail. Um, I want to start investing and it's really scary to put your money out there and not know what's going to happen. Yeah. So obviously I need to do some research, but my goal is just to have a portfolio. Um, uh, we can even put a number to it, a, a small portfolio of whatever X amount of dollars, yeah. um, that is in a positive position come December 31st. So it's really nice. pass fail. Did I, I can take however much money I'm willing to risk and decide, you know, did it move up or down? yes or no, pass fail. And I was actually gifted a membership to something called Stock Rover for Christmas from actually a really um, nice. influential coworker of mine, my former boss, who has now moved on to bigger and better things. Um, he was a great mentor for me. And we always talked about investing, but I never knew where to start. So he got me this as kind of a development awesome. and a gift to get me started. So um, my plan is to utilize that, come up with an investment strategy that 
you know, come up with leads and lags again. Yeah. That hopefully will lead me to growing a portfolio. And um, since I'm not a big investor, any position in the positive would be a success in the school just for me to gain an introduction and exposure to investing. Um, and I guess I'm just noticing now that I say it out loud, um, a common theme for me and my goals is really just that I want to introduce myself to new things. Yeah, it seems that way. That you want to put exposure. yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. So like with the boxing, with the podcast and with yeah. the jumping into investing. Right? Yeah, you have one in each category. Yeah, which was not by design at all. <laughs> yeah. um, I just kind of realized it while I was saying it out loud. Um, okay, so this is the meatiest of my financial goals and the one that I built out the most, but it's really simple and I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to it. Um, my last goal is I want to save $20,000 in liquid cash by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so all I did was I took 26 pay periods, excluding bonuses, and divided it by 20,000. Extremely simple. Um, It boiled out to $769.25. So that's how much I need to take off of every paycheck, right? Yeah. Because 26 pay periods um, in order to meet this goal. Extremely simple math. So all I'm going to do is write down my starting point. So what my account is currently at, and that's essentially going to be baseline. That's going to be net zero. And then I'm going to transfer $769.25 into a completely separate, no touch savings account, every single paycheck. And by the end of the year, if I am consistent and I am disciplined and I budget around the remainder of what's left after I do that, it should be a really simple goal um, to follow. And it's really easy to check in how many pay periods have gone by Mm -hmm. times 769.25 should be what's in that separate account by the end of it. And it's really important to keep it separate and not just leave it in my checking account yeah. and be like, oh yeah, I'm saving, right? Yeah. And I think that's the the thing that the tool that will really help people is just get a separate account, separate it. Divide it out. Don't don't overcomplicate it. Make those incremental goals, whatever you can afford. If it's yeah. 20 bucks, if it's 50 bucks, if it's a hundred bucks, every paycheck sets something aside because that's the only way you're going to get ahead. And then the reason I didn't calculate my bonus into it is because I don't like variables when it comes to goal setting. Um, and, you know, bonuses, it's right in the word. You're not entitled to it. It's super variable. It can yep. be performance related. Don't rely on it. It, it can be dependent on how well the company does as a whole, which yeah. um, let's be real. I don't have huge influence over. Right. So right. let's not count on it. That can be my treat myself fund. That can yeah. be my rainy day fund. That can be yeah. my vacation fund, but it's not built inherently into my goal. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to track this goal every two weeks. I can basically just, again, make it a, a checkbox. Yeah. Did I, transfer that 769.25 into a different account every like on a bi-weekly basis i can just check it off until there's 26 checks and then that account should equal just over my goal yeah. of 20,000 right so love it should be pretty simple <laughs> that is all of my 2022 goal setting and some of them are way more specific measurable trackable all the things that i would tell you your goals should be and yeah fleshed out some of them I definitely could have put more effort into and I still can right just because it's yeah January 12th doesn't mean it's a bad time to set goals but um that's kind of the balance that works for me Sounds yeah great. and I mean like 
other than everything I already shared on this podcast episode, like mine's kind of like strategized a little bit different, um, only because I like to work in a lot of like, you know, a lot of like the self love and self care into when I, when I do goal setting. And honestly, that just comes from a, probably being a female, but also being a confidence coach, (laughs) but So just so you guys know, I'm going to be kind of like giving you, I'm not going to go too much into detail because I, I'm going to give you a link to a workbook after, um, we're done this podcast episode. If you guys want to go, um, get it, it's going to be in the description of this podcast episode, or you can head over to my Instagram, um, at your leader in red it's in the link in my bio and it's just called a guide, a guide to your dream life. And it's just a workbook, a goal setting workbook. So I've actually put it this workbook. It's been available for like two years. There's a lot of people that have been doing it, uh, have a bunch of reviews on it. And this really helps you set goals if you're not used to setting goals. So let me make this super clear. This is a workbook that if you are so fucking lost, everything that we just said, you're so confused about, this will really break down exactly where you want to be and where you want to go and how to break it down to get you there. So how I have it set separated is I separate it into personal and professional goals. Cause I think that that's so important. It's a lot of the things that, that Jesse was talking about. So even in the first section I, I talk about, I really want you to describe what you want in life. Like, like think outside the box, like what is your dream life? Where do you want to be? And like a lot of people will literally think of the most basic, basic stuff in the entire world because they don't see their life being this extravagant thing. But I really want you to like push yourself outside your comfort zone. Think about where you want to be, where you, where you want to get to. Um, and then I actually ask you throughout the entire book to always go back to, okay, you want that? Where are you now? And then what do you need to do to actually get there? Like, if you want that, what do you have to stop doing to get there? Um, cause I think a lot of the times when we, when we have goal settings, there's always something limiting us from hitting those goals. Cause obviously they're a goal because you haven't hit it before. Um, or you have, and you want to continuously hit it. And there's always that one thing that's holding you back. And for example, if I'm breaking down these personal goals and professional goals, and I'm, I'm breaking it down into like you know, let's just, for example, say that you want a promotion in the company, or you want to get a $30,000 raise, whatever it is. What are the things that you are doing right now? That's stopping you from getting there. For example, if I, if you are your goal, for example, Jesse, like your podcast episode, Mm -hmm. you have to probably stop watching suits one or two times a week in order to hit doing a podcast and actually recording those episodes, but some people don't understand that they actually have to eliminate stuff out of their life to make time for the things that you're setting for yourself. So this book literally breaks it down entirely for you. So it gives you a great idea of how to actually set those goals for yourself. I break it down in terms of like what's consuming your time the most, and then what needs to be consuming your time in order to hit these goals. So you really set yourself up for success because if you don't actually envision what your life is now versus where you want to be, it's not going to mean anything to you. Like you're going to literally just put pen to paper on all these goals that you want to hit in life. But unless you envision, unless you want it, unless you have that why to like literally light your ass on fire, then nothing's going to happen. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from putting pen to paper, actually envisioning it, envisioning it, having that passion of just wanting it so bad, maybe being fed up with your current situation, but you need to have that. Um, so I break it all down for you. I go through the personal goals. I break it down on what you should actually do each week, each month. Um, so I do like a 
the first week, three months, six months, one year, and then a five-year checklist. So you actually break it down entirely so that you're setting yourself again up for success, personal goals, professional goals. Um, and that way you can actually get to where you actually want to be. So Obviously I'm not going to share all that because it's like a 15, 17 page workbook. But, um, if you, if you're listening to this podcast and a lot of the things that we said are overwhelming and you don't know where to start, it's going to give you a great stepping stone to starting to set those goals for yourself, make yourself accountable, share it with a friend, because we all know if we don't say our goals out loud, they're not really goals because you can you know, let yourself down, but you can't let someone else down. And I find that when I've started to share my goals out loud more is when I most likely hit them. Cause I'm like that competitiveness side comes out of mm-hmm. me. And I'm like, fuck, I told Jesse my goal yesterday. If I don't hit it, I'm going to look like an asshole. I'm going to do it just to prove to him that I can do it. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like it just, it just happens. So that's kind of where I set myself up for success each year. I personally do this workbook myself, even though, you know, I'm the one that created it, but other than the steps that I already mentioned with breaking it down into categories, doing all these things, this workbook is going to help you check in on that weekly, quarterly, monthly basis so that you can actually hit those goals very much. So like Jesse was mentioning with actually making those tangible realities of how to actually make those things come into life. But yeah, in a nutshell, that's kind of what we have. Um, I know we had another question that was kind of sharing a little bit more about like what people were sharing on our stories, but a lot of the things that we mentioned were things that people already said. Um, and we did ask our audience, like, what do you guys want to hear in this podcast episode? And a lot of their comments was people being very frustrated with, you know, not like waiting to start the goals or Mm -hmm. being overwhelmed with having a yearly goal and actually rather breaking it down. So a lot of the things that we said throughout this podcast episode, I think a lot of people will relate to it. And, um, I think it was great to have you on and hear all the stuff, but I don't know if you want to share any last tips, any last remarks, any last comments before we end it off. Right. So, um, I'll try and keep it short and sweet. Um, (laughs) I just, I think my tips are, you know, start with a long-term goal and work backwards to something smaller, more specific, yeah. um, create, you know, processes and tasks that funnel into your goal. Um, number two is be accountable, come up with lead measures that are predictive of success and lag measures that kind of follow behind. And you can determine whether or not you're actually being successful, do regular check-ins. Um, and if mm-hmm. the lag isn't congruent with the lead after a decent time horizon, pivot and adjust your leads, right? Um, Be specific about your goals, have specific intentions, set deadlines, break down intervals, increments um, by which you expect to see progress and define how much progress. And you have to clearly define success before you can achieve it. Um, Make your goal something long-term and incorporate progress into your life every single day. It's one thing to make a short commitment, but when you're motivated and then it's you need to integrate habits into your everyday life, Yeah. right? You need to really adopt your goals as this is who I am now and this is who I'm going to become. And kind of like you touched on, you have to sacrifice something. You have to give up a little bit of who you are now in order to make room for who you are to become, right? Yeah. Um, And that's one of my favorite quotes. And then my favorite quote when it comes to goal setting is most people fail not because they aim too high and miss, but often because they aim too low and hit. 
mm-hmm. right? So your yep. goals should be big. Like you might think me losing 40 pounds or me trying to save, you know, X amount of money by the end of the year. Some of those might sound daunting and, and might sound intimidating and believe me, they are. Um, but then when you say, oh, I want to lose a pound and a half a week, or I want to save this much off every pay, whatever it is to you, whatever your goal is, when you break it down, um, your big daunting goal becomes infinitely more achievable, right? Yeah. Um, I always say, um, like to add on to that, like the, I always say this to literally every, every person I've ever coached will has heard this from me. Yeah. If your goal doesn't scare the shit out of you, it's not a goal. It's a task. Exactly. It's not. And I, I I believe that, but yeah, continue what you're saying. I just had to add that on. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly it is. I'd rather aim high and miss, um, then aim low and hit. And I mean, for me, it's always been about picking a mentor and, and chasing them because mm-hmm. if you're, if you're chasing someone, even if you never catch them, you're in forward motion. Right. And I've got people, you know, at my work and in my personal life, um, specifically, you know, friends of mine that I'm chasing in different ways. Yeah. Right. And, and if I, even if I never catch them, chasing them is always going to keep me in forward motion and I'll be better than I was yesterday. So by chasing them, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, and then for my closing remark, it's really just, I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, I want to thank you, Nat, obviously for having me on. This is super exciting and it's a big step towards obviously one of my goals of me starting my own podcast is absolutely an episode with you. Um, so hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, I don't pretend to be this highly motivated, highly successful, high functioning individual, but I do think these are the goal setting strategies that have worked for me. Um, and I think they will continue to work for me and hopefully they can work for anybody listening and, and they can take, you know, even one small thing from this, then, you know, I think we've, we, we were successful. Yeah. And, you know, last thing I'm going to add to that, cause that was like spot on is have fucking fun with it. Enjoy the ride, enjoy the process because we all look back five years ago and we, we think, Oh, that was such a fun year. And I didn't actually enjoy it. I was so stressed about hitting this goal Mm -hmm. or I was so stressed about accomplishing this thing that I didn't actually take in what was happening. And I didn't enjoy the process. Like, and obviously it's easier said than done, but enjoy it, have fun with it, adding goals that are going to spark your creativity, spark your passions. Like, although we're like a lot of our goals are intense or are intimidating, like have fun with it. Enjoy the ride because like happiness is one of my top priorities this year is like, no fucks given. I want to be happy. I want to enjoy every moment I have. Um, even if I am stressed, I want to be happy that I'm stressed because it's because I'm trying to hit a goal of mine. So enjoy the process and enjoy the ride. Um, enjoy the people that you spend those times with and everything is honestly just, just meant to be so, but yeah, thank you so much for being on. I had an amazing time. Um, and hopefully we can have you on again on a different topic and that's it. But thank you guys again for listening. Um, and I will catch you in the next one.